Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Joe Show. This is Marriage Radio. Tonight we have a very special couple that are going to be on the air with us. I'll be asking them a few questions about their story, and then we're going to open the lines up so that you can ask them about their story. A remarkable couple. I have had the opportunity to meet a couple of years ago now, and I'm extremely impressed with them. As a matter of fact, I have opportunity now to actually call them my friends. Their story has to do with him, uh, and you'll meet him in just a few minutes. <laughs> his name is Richard, with Richard uh, falling in love with another woman besides his wife. His wife is named Petra or Petra, whichever way you choose to pronounce it. I never am quite sure which it is, and so uh, sometimes I call her Petra, sometimes I call her Petra. But we'll have them on in just a minute or two, and you'll get to hear the story of what happened with them, how that he got involved with the other woman, how that he vacillated at the outset, and perhaps wanted a time or two to stop what was going on and save his marriage, but did not, until finally it developed into this thing that we call limerence, and into, I guess, what we call full-fledged phase two limerence. You can find out more about that by listening to other programs that we have done. And in that state, in that situation, then Petra, doing everything she could, tried to save the marriage, but made an agreement that if, if he met certain conditions, if they tried certain things, if that did not work, then she would move back, back, um, back where they were from originally, which was several thousands of miles away from where he was living at the time. So he met the criteria, met the conditions, and she did just as she promised she would do. And she moved back, and it certainly looked like that this marriage had no possibility of making it. As a matter of fact, if you had asked me at that point, Joe, what would you consider the odds of this marriage making it? If I were a betting man, I would have bet my money on, well, Peter tried everything she could. Richard has been open-minded to listen to a lot of things, but I don't think that they're going to make it. That's what I would have told you back then. I wouldn't tell them that, of course, but they made it against almost insurmountable odds. And now we have them both on the phone together with us tonight to be in this program. And I'll ask them a few questions to get us started, and then you can ask specific questions about their situation. So, Richard, Petra, good evening and welcome to our program. Good evening, evening, Joe. Hello. Okay. And you might be able to tell they have just a little bit of an accent. These folks live here in the USA. They they were born in other countries and a little bit of an accent, which I think is just absolutely fascinating. And so, I don't know, (laughs) uh, Richard, would you rather start a Petra to just give the gist of the story, just the short, short version for people that don't know your story to get us started tonight? Well, okay, so I try to keep this brief, even though it spans over four years. And it's, it's yeah, so it, it started out in 2011 when I could tell that Richard was acting differently, being secretive, and just doing things that were totally out of character for him. So I could see what was going down, and I thought, if I just talk to the man, he is going to see reason 
and stop doing what he's doing. Of course, back then I had no idea what limerence is. I had never even heard of the word. I had no idea what I was up against and that there was no chance whatsoever to get through to him. So I vowed to fight for my marriage for at least a year without looking back and without even considering giving up, um, which I did. It was really tough. I had several moments where I wanted to give up, but I had promised myself I would go for at least a year. And so after the year, looking back, I had to admit that things had gotten even worse, despite all the efforts that I had taken. So Mm -hmm. I was ready to quit, to throw in the towel, and then something encouraging happened, which simply didn't let me go through with it. So a while later, several months later, then Richard asked me, well, not really for reconciliation. It was kind of weird, um, but he told me that he, he wanted us to work things out. And at first I was really happy, but then I quickly had to realize that it was not the real deal because Richard wasn't open at all to do anything um, that would really help reconcile a marriage and it didn't look anything like what I had read in books and heard from other people who had reconciled what it would look like. Um, mm-hmm. So I kept on uh, I kept on fighting giving myself okay I'll go for another three months and then see how we are doing then and every time I wanted to throw in the towel something happened that wouldn't let me. So Then it boiled down to our moving 3,000 miles away from our home here Um, and Richard finally making the decision. He has made his decision. He wants to be with the other woman and he wants wants me to move back to where our kids still were. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had been fighting for... Uh, three and a half years, and I thought this has to come to an end. We cannot live like that, going back and forth for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And by then, I had heard of Joe Beam and Marriage Helper, and I offered Richard, um, if he went to the workshop with me, and he still wanted me to go back after that, um, I would do though, so that I would move back to our home. And he could stay with the other woman where we had moved. And um, in the end, what happened was Richard wasn't willing to take a single day of vacation to go to Nashville with me. Um, but we found out that Joe also does private sessions. So we had Joe come and had an incredible weekend with him. Um, but still, Richard would not budge one bit. So I held up my part of the story, of um, I prom- my promise, and um, I moved back. And I was moving on. And Joe had told me before I moved back, he asked me, please do me a favor and move on, otherwise you're going to be miserable. So I did the best I could while still leaving the door open for reconciliation because I was still hopeful that Richard would come to his senses and I moved on with my life and things were starting to fall into place for me um, and 
Then the day before Mother's Day of last year, Richard texted me and asked me for reconciliation. Um, and we're here now, over a year later, and we have made so much progress. It's really amazing. And um, we're more than willing to help wherever we can, where our story can bring hope and renewed strength. Um, so we're here to ask to answer any kind of questions and help in whatever way we can. Great. That's a, a very good version, a short version, but you got the gist of what happened there. And let, let me just tell you folks, you probably have figured it out already just by listening to Petra. And when you hear Richard, you'll figure it out more. But these are two extremely intelligent people and very good people, very good hearted people. And so when Richard wanted to come back to reconciliation, Richard, let's talk about just for a little bit, if we will. And, and, if, uh, and I realize this is kind of a sensitive subject. And for those of you out there, who have a spouse that is uh, in limerence, quote, madly in love, end quote, with someone else. What I'm about to talk about might not be something that you really want to hear, but I think it's something you really need to understand. If you get to the point where, and we hope and pray that you do, if you get to the point where reconciliation can start taking place, and if your spouse has been really strongly emotionally connected to another person, when, when that ends, and hopefully then your spouse starts trying to work things out. But when that relationship with another person ends, there's a grief process that takes place because there was such a strong emotional connection. Richard, can you talk just a little bit about how you experienced that? And Petra, as he does, I'm going to be inserting questions to you saying, how did you handle that? Knowing that he's wanting to come back, wanting to reconcile, but going through a grief process with her. So Richard, could you address that a little, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually really astonishing, and it's hard to imagine, hard to believe that it's actually the person who did have the affair who goes through this um, uh, grief process. You know, you would say, you know what, it's, it's kind of, if you haven't been through the situation, it's hard to imagine, but it's very, very difficult. It's, it's much more difficult than I ever anticipated, um, and I think for the, the people who committed this, committed an affair, um, uh, they usually focus on this one person, rightfully, wrongfully, it doesn't matter, but that's what they did, that's where the affair, that's what an affair is. And, um, it, um, and it is very painful and very hard to disconnect intellectually, emotionally, and in, in every way. Um, and uh, the, 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 the magic was that, not the magic, but the, the, the extremely fortunate thing was that Petra knew that. And she knew that because she had educated herself, um, you know, from you and mm -hmm. from reading and so on. Um, right. And so she was not that taken aback, not that surprised to actually see this happen. And so um, I'm, I'm going to maybe just add one more thing and then Joe, you can ask questions. Um, okay. But uh, what I found, and, and I kind of knew this intellectually, um, and, uh, and, 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 and can only really confirm that, that uh, the only chance I had to get through this effectively and, uh, and quickly is to break any contact whatsoever. I mean, 100%. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and you did, and you did a remarkable job. But I think what we're trying to point out here, and you heard Richard said, that grief process is as painful as it not, my friend. It's very painful. 
and and, and, it, and this actually goes along with something where you where you know that you know what um, you don't deserve any kind of um, uh, sympathy or or compassion or anything because you are the one um, who broke the marriage, who did the infidelity, you did all these um, very very difficult and, and hard things to your family and to your wife. Um, but here you are uh, going mm-hmm. through an incredible difficult time. Oh, I remember that pain vividly back, it's been many years ago for us now, but back in the, in the 1980s when I uh, divorced Alice to go be with a uh, person that I was, quote, madly in love with, end quote. I remember when that ended, how painful it was for me. I mean, a tremendous amount of pain. Now, Alice and I were divorced at the time when that happened to me, so I went off and did other things to deal with my pain, most of which were extremely unhealthy. That's when I started drinking and doing a lot of other things to deal with my pain back then. You, you, my friend, had this wonderful lady. Of course, Alice was a wonderful lady who would have been there for me, but I had already gone far enough away that I had divorced Alice and was living someplace else and didn't want to come back at that time. You had the wonderful situation of this extremely strong woman, Petra, who was there and, and as you said, had educated herself, understanding that, that you would be going through this pain. And while many spouses would have been like, don't, don't, don't you show that pain to me. <laughs> like you just said, you don't deserve this. You're the one that did the stuff that caused the pain. So don't you come around me letting me see that pain. Instead of that, Petra, you were amazing in the strength that you showed and the way you dealt with that. So how did you find that strength? And in what way did you demonstrate it to Richard? I think it was really important to have good coaches to support me. So what I had learned throughout my fight for my marriage was when something happens, not just to react to it, but um, if, it, if I wasn't really sure what the right way was to deal about it, to take my time, um, think about it, talk to a coach, and then make hopefully a better decision than if I had just reacted. It was really helpful for me that I had heard time and again that when you break up an affair without it having completely run its course, that there is a grieving process. And I was so grateful I knew that because that made it a lot easier to accept it. What also really helped me, I think, was that by that time, I had learned that I didn't really need Richard in my life. And I don't mean that in any kind of negative way that I didn't want him. I very much wanted him in my life. But through our being separated for seven months, I had learned that I would be happy no matter what. I would be able to to live a good life. And I think that also helped me to be able to be there for Richard because I didn't need him to be there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that that was um, another thing that I found really helpful that a coach told us. But yes, in the beginning, I really had to be there for Richard, helping through the grieving process. But for Richard to truly heal, he had to become my healer. And that kind of interacting and helping each other um, and knowing that that's 
the way it, you know, it, that would be the most helpful way to go about it um, was incredibly <laughs> helpful, for lack of a better word. <laughs> Now, I think it was awesome, very awesome that you had the right support. That's good. You also had a lot of knowledge. That's good. But surely, surely there had to be some days when you thought to yourself, why am I doing this? I mean, were there days like that where you thought, <laughs> I'm just so angry and, 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 and frustrated with this? Did those days happen or yes. you were you just strong from day one? Um, I think I was mostly strong, but yes. There were times where I was really thinking, why am I doing this? I was doing so well on my own. <laughs> and uh, what helped me there, too, was that I had read beforehand that it was absolutely normal to have kinds of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Of, All of a sudden, is this the right thing? Should I really be doing this? And again, having that kind of knowledge really helped me kind of put a smile on my face and think, oh, look at this. Here, I have this mm-hmm. thought. I have been fighting for three and a half years, of, or at that time for four years, for my marriage. And I finally have it, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to question if this is really what I want. And again, having the knowledge really helped me. What helped okay. me, too, was that, um, I mean, we, we were both, still making mistakes. I mean, it's just like we still do it. It's just a normal way of life. And it's something we need to accept. And what was also important for me to realize that Richard had to do a huge amount of changing because he was used to lying to me, deceiving me for mm-hmm. four years. So that was really deeply ingrained. And I could tell that he was trying to change, but it wasn't like a switch that you flip saying, okay, now from now on, he's only going to tell me the truth. He's going to do nothing whatsoever behind my back. Um, So there were times where things happened that did make me upset and that did make me question, um, am I doing the right thing? Um, but just, you know, looking at our kids, how happy they were, mm-hmm. and knowing that it would not be an easy, straightforward path, um, it, it, it helped me to, to keep on going and always having, you know, you guys in the back. I mean, I could always ask Kimberly, back then she was still doing coaching and she was doing an absolutely wonderful job. So whenever I I wasn't sure, I reached out to her and got her input before um, I reacted. So if Kimberly or you had at any point told me, oh, my goodness, this is wrong, wrong, you need to get out of this, I would have surely listened. But you guys always gave me the little push to keep on going and to look at things from a little bit of a different perspective. Well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm glad we were able to do that. Now, I want to ask you some specific, uh, specific questions, but let me backtrack just a second because you brought up your kids. And, and so let's just put a little parenthetical here because I think that's important too. When, when you guys told your kids, I'm not talking about when you told them you were getting back together, when you told your kids that you were going to be apart, you, you did that together, if, if I remember right. Is that right? Both of you together yes. went to see your kids? And, and your kids yes, were... They were not small children. One was in college and one was in high school. Is that what I'm remembering correctly? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. A senior Can in you high just... school. So... Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so one senior in high school. So I think they were 17 and 19 at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if it may, and I don't want to go off into this for a long discussion. I just want to hit it lightly because I want to come back to what you were talking about, about how to heal it and reconcile. But can you talk a little bit, both of you, each of you, about what it was like when you told the kids that you were going to split up, just give it a little insight into how that affected the kids, and then talk about when you went back to tell them that, no, you were going to work it out. Give us some insight as to what happened with your kids there. It, and like I said, don't take too long on this because I want to go back to what you were talking about, Petra. It's so important. But I really think this is important to know, too. So can you guys talk about that for a minute? Yes. So telling the kids was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. I mean, it, it was heartbreaking. Um, so Richard and I decided that we would do it together. Um, and I made it clear to Richard that we would tell the kids that it was his decision and that it just was not something that I wanted to do. Um, so I had... I'm so grateful because we had a lot of people praying for us that day. Um, and I think it really, really helped. So when we, to- we told our kids individually because um, they were in, in different locations. So we, we couldn't do it together with them. Um, so we, we told our son and our daughter separately. And our son, um, I mean, just seeing their faces was heartbreaking. And our son, he had kind of a really amazing reaction because he said um, that he is absolutely convinced that all we need is some time apart and that in the end we will get back together again. Um, so that was his reaction, but he was, he was shaken. Um, and our daughter, she didn't say all that much. Um, she, I mean, it was, it was also for her, it was incredibly tough. And for both kids, the real reaction came later. Our daughter was so distraught that she had to withdraw from her studies Um, And our son was only able to finish his senior year in high school because he had enough credits from the years before. So if he hadn't been a good student before, he would not have been able to finish. So even with his his optimism that I just believe that you guys are going to work this out, even with the optimism, it still had that kind of an emotional impact on him where it affected his studies as well. Okay. All right. Yes. So it, so it hurt your kids. Now, how did they react when you told them you were getting back together? And did you do that together or individually? Yes, we did that together. And I mean, that was the most wonderful experience. Um, just seeing the look on their faces this time, extremely positive, just like, you know, birthday, Easter, uh, Christmas, mm. all wrapped in one. I mean, they were, their faces just looked so happy. It was amazing. It was really heart lift, uplifting to see. And our son, again, he was kind of funny because the first thing out of his mouth was, I called it. 
I, I don't know what he meant, if he meant because of what he had said seven months before when he told him that we were separating, that it would just take some time. Our daughter didn't say anything for a few hours. She just had this really happy look on her face. And then mm. a few hours later, she broke into tears. And mm. she told Richard um, that he had no idea what that meant for her that we would get back together. And then she continued telling him how incredibly mad she had been with me for not giving up on him. But now that she was so incredibly grateful that I never had and that we had our family back together. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. May I just insert something here for the people who are listening? People sometimes say to me, well, you know, when, and particularly when the children are a little older, like, you know, their daughter was already in college, um, high school, college, those kinds of things. Sometimes people will say to me, well, my daughter or my son, but typically often it's the daughter, is so mad because she wants me to give up on my spouse or my, my daughter is this or my daughter is that. What you really want to understand here is that, that um, these I'm not going to call them kids. I mean, they're actually adults at that point, obviously. Let me just, for the sake of our conversation, call, call them kids. They go through a lot of different emotions. And if she had even said those things to Peter back then, like give up on him, that's the kind of thing that you listen, you understand, you give compassion, but you don't let their emotions determine whether or not you keep standing for your marriage because you understand that they're hurt. And so even if she had said that back to you back then, I think you, knowing you, Peter, I think you would have stood even then. I mean, you would have been compassionate, understanding, loving. But even if you had known she was mad at you for continuing to hope and stand for your marriage, you would have kept doing it, right? Oh, I I did. I did because she very openly told me many times Uh, over she was attacking me. She was telling me all kinds of things, and she was doing her best. To, to get me to give up. And I would listen to her and told her um, that I was so sorry for her pain, um, mm-hmm. but that was not her decision to make um, for me to give up or to not give up. And that Excellent. was something that she needed to accept. Okay, so I misunderstood earlier, but I got it. It was, it was Richard she started telling about her pain after you guys got back together. And that's not unusual yes. either. Because sometimes, even, even kids that old sometimes won't tell the departing spouse what they really feel for fear of ending a relationship which they don't want to end. That's a great story about your kids, and I'm so happy for them. Now, Richard, I'd like to ask you a question. I know it, it was pain because I've been there. Can we talk a little bit about that pain of what it's like to end that kind of relationship a little bit more in detail? Not, not to hurt Peter, not to hurt the people out there listening whose spouses are involved in affairs but to help them understand some of those emotions. So I'm assuming that some of that pain was the pain of, of, of longing. Like I thought this was going to last forever and that's not there. So I have a longing. I imagine some of that pain was also uh, frustration. Uh, some of that was anger. Like, wait a minute, how dare you end this? Can you discuss just not real long, but just a yeah, little bit about I mean, the you, varying you hit, kinds of emotions? You already hit, yeah. You, you, you already hit on a, on a few of them. Uh, I mean, uh, the, 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 the issue is that for uh, while in the affair, um, the affair partner becomes unfortunately your focal point, and so mm-hmm. everything revolves around this person. And uh, so when you uh, decide to finally move on and break this off, um, there is all these things. There is the longing. There is 
um, the companion. You know, you know, for the you can always argue it's kind of you know it wasn't really companionship. It was, but at least you feel this way, and that's what matters at, the, at this time. Right. That um, you 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 basically break off with the person um, who you chose to be the key person in your life for bad reasons. It all doesn't matter at this point, but that's what the situation is, and so uh, it involves everything. It's almost like um, you know losing a person um, uh, who's dying or something like that. I mean, it's really going through this this very weird uh, grief process. And as you said, Joe, there is also um, there's this longing, there's the frustration, there's also the anger, uh, there's mm-hmm. the unfinished business, there's mm-hmm. uh, lots of things that um, that, that haunt haunt you, and, and uh, uh, it takes some time. It's not going to go away in in a, in in a week or a few weeks. It, it takes a few months, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it only is you're only able to do this in a few months if if you're very disciplined and right. uh, refuse any kind of temptation to um get back into into touch right which is a very strong temptation I, actually you know i i didn't do very well with that i continue to try to be in touch with my affair partner back in those days back in the 80s um she was done with me and so that didn't really that wasn't allowed to happen on her part but every time i tried it it made it worse for me i mean it was like rejection all over again and more pain and agony now Peter, when you saw him go through these emotions, and I'm sure you could see it on his face, and, and as open as you guys are, he, did he ever even like tell you, this is what I'm feeling today, that kind of thing? Um, I don't remember if he really used words, but I could see it. I mean, there were times when, when Richard simply broke down, where, where he was crying. And, you know, I know I can read Richard's very well, even without him using words, just looking at, at his face. And mm-hmm. I could feel, I could almost, not, not almost, but I could feel his, his pain. That was absolutely, truly there. Um, and I think about what I want to add here is actually the following. There are two, in, in my case at least, there is two kinds of frustration and pain for coming. There was one that we just discussed, but in parallel, um, there was all the realization, the re- realization coming of the consequences of my doing, of what really happened, how far it went, how deep it went. Um, and uh, this was uh, also a process that, that, that kicked in once I made this decision to reconcile with Petra and to um, break off my, um, my affair, uh, is this uh, realizing what really happened and this unbelievable um, almost like waking up saying, you know, I I can't, can't imagine that I actually did this and I didn't really anticipate that, you know, it had all these consequences. So there was, this was kind of two emotional paths going in parallel that I uh, I was glad I had. So again, kind of seconding what Petra said, it was it was really good um, that we had professional help through your organization, uh, you and Terry. Um, I had only the, the tail end of Kimberly, <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, that Petra was also well prepared, and uh, we were going through this together. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So that let me 
ask you then another question because I've seen people actually, we, uh, for those that are not aware of this, we actually have a Facebook group called Save My Marriage. It's what's called a closed group, which means that you actually have to apply to get in. And, and we, and our folks go and check your Facebook pages to make sure that you're not uh, uh, somebody trying to come in and do something bad. Uh, <laughs> I can explain that later for some people do that. And in that Facebook group, Richard and Peter are in there and often will respond to people's questions about certain things. And I've seen them ask this question to you, Richard. So let me go ahead and put it to you for those that are listening to this that are not on that Facebook group. Sometimes they'll ask you questions like this. So because of that, did either your guilt, because you felt so guilty about what you done had done, or your pride in the sense of, wow, if I come back, then, then my pride is going to be even devastated that much more because I've got to admit that what I did was wrong. And they've asked you if either of those two things uh, made you hesitate or any kind of a barrier about you coming back to Petra. So I know you've answered that on the Facebook, but can you answer that for this audience? Yes, of course. Um, so uh, first of all, there was always guilt involved. But while I was in the affair, um, I did a, an amazing job, and my affair partner and I, we supported each other in this, of rationalizing things the way we wanted to hear them. It's, it's that simple. Um, and um, uh, so this was, 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 um, uh, was during the affair. What kept me going besides this helping each other was also realizing, you know what, I have been so far into this. I have already done so much damage. Um, you know what, I may as well just finish that and go all the way through. So it's basically damage has been done. As, as, you, can, as you can tell quickly, they're all not good reasons, right? But uh, I, you know, I, I found myself um, quite often in a fairly desperate position, and it was a matter of um, selfishness um, and, um, you know, desperation, you know, where you say you've already done so much harm, you may as well just go through with it, that kept me going. But the guilt was definitely there. Mm-hmm. Very strong. Right. And, okay, so you come back and you, I, I really appreciate you saying that. You had two different kind of emotions going on at the same time, which in, in a sense were conflicting emotions, but both very powerful. And, and so thank you for your honesty. Well, actually, thank you for your honesty about all of this, both of you. This, you're an amazing couple and you are doing so much good with your story for people. And, and let me just thank you once again for doing that. So Petra, so you look at him and you can tell that he's in one of those longing moods and of missing, grieving, that kind of stuff. Tell me some of the emotions. I, I know, I know you did the right things, but we're, we're, I'm trying to point out to people that, that you don't have to be superhuman to do this, okay? That, that you can still be human <laughs> to make this work. So tell me some of the emotions that would flash through you when you would look at him and see that. I mean, there was definitely some exasperation going on, like, come on, get over this already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, okay. uh, I mean, that, that, was, that was part of it. Um, I have to say, mostly I felt for Richard because I could I could feel his his pain that was definitely there but of course I was also upset because I wanted to move forward and especially I got upset when there were times and there were a couple of times where he still reached out for whatever reason to the other woman and it came out and of course that made me spitting mad um, mm-hmm. and incredibly upset 
and questioning how how many more opportunities should I give you? Uh, when, where should I draw the line and say, you know, that's it? Um, so those thoughts were, were definitely there. And again, um, it was so incredibly important to have experts like you and Kimberly and Terry um, at our disposal, not disposal, at, at, at our disposal to, to ask and to um, get your perspective because it's so hard when you are so close to the situation and when you talk to somebody who is experienced, who is pro-marriage, who knows exactly what they are doing and tell you, you know, I know this is hard, but it's normal, give it time, do this and that to deal with the situation. Um, I, I really needed that. I would not have been able to do that on my own. Well, I understand that, and I do, but I'm still telling you that um, you have a remarkable strength, young lady. And for those that are wondering, what do you, what do you mean when, you're, when they mention these names? We, we have a very special uh, package that, we, that not, we don't do a lot, but we do it some, that Richard and Peter took advantage of, which involves my spending two days with a couple, um, you know, two days with them, just me. They took advantage of that package, which, again, not a lot of people do that, but they did that. And then Terry is one of our marriage coaches, and Kimberly is our executive uh, director of our nonprofit. Kimberly also was doing some coaching at that time. So when you hear, say, Terry and Kimberly, that's who she's referring to, people on our staff that do that. But as I recall, Peter, you also had a pretty good support system there of, of friends that were around you. Were they helpful? Yeah. Or, or did, they sometimes, did they sometimes want to take their anger out on, on Richard? <laughs> Um, no, nobody really wanted to take out their anger on Richard, at least not that I'm really aware of. Um, part of that may have been because I had told the people, you know, after we separated, before most people had no idea what was even going on, but after our separation, I had to tell people something. Um, and I was still making it clear to them what I was trying to do and that my goal really was to build something a lot better than we even had. And we did have a good marriage even before that. And I told people, one other thing, I don't even know if this study really exists, but it really inspired me, and I hope it's really true. And that was that there is research into couples that have been married for a long, 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 long time where both of them say, that they are still happily married. And that research into those couples showed that not all of them, but that a lot of them at some time had to deal with infidelity. And that the difference was that these couples not only chose to stay together, but to learn from the mistakes that each of them had made before and to move on and to build and create something way better than they ever had before. And that was the vision I had for our future marriage, for the marriage that we now have. And I was telling people about that. And I had the feeling people were really inspired by that and somewhat intrigued. I don't know if they believed me. Nobody ever told me they didn't. <laughs> they might not have it. Yeah. It's perfectly possible, but they didn't dare tell me at least. Um, and I did, as you say, I did have a wonderful support system. Um, 
was on the Facebook group, um, on the people I had gotten to know. I had a few trusted friends who I knew I could, I would trust with my life, um, who I would, uh, if I didn't know how to go forward, um, who I would consult with and, and talk mm-hmm. with. And having that support system was also some, a, a, a true stepping stone. I think without that, I would not have been able to do what I did. Well, I'm so happy you had that. And you are right. All of us who are in the marriage industry, if you'll let me use that phrase, you know, counselors, therapists, uh, teachers, researchers, um, all of us, we do know that if a couple gets through a major crisis, such as an affair, if a couple gets through a major crisis and gets to the other side and, and works on the marriage, the marriage is always better than it was before. Now, you understand the reason I don't want to today's show and say that is because some nut out there would go, well, then what you're saying is one of us should have an affair to make our marriage better because, you know, that's the way some people would think. <laughs> Yikes. So, 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 so I typically don't go on the Today Show or Good Morning America when I'm on those shows talking about that kind of thing. But we know it's true, and, and so it worked for you. Now, Richard, how long did it take you? You talked about these, this, you know, having to deal with what you had done, the full consequences and feeling those things. We'll just use the word guilt to summarize all that, even if that's not the exact right word. How did you deal with that? How did you get past that? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm a person who um, uh, thrives on, on motivation. So um, what I was also totally driven to do was to build uh, a new, much stronger marriage, much better marriage um, with Petra than we had before. And Petra already said this. I think I would consider the marriage that we had before I had my affair probably way above average already. So we didn't have a bad marriage. But I agreed with Petra wholeheartedly that we would not go back to our old relationship. That was not an option. So um, how did I deal with that? It was through uh, really being committed to learn uh, and grow and get on a path with Petra together where, um, uh, you know, I would say two strong individual people um, learn, and I'm going to use now a phrase that uh, I love because uh, the author who created is one of my, my big inspirations here, that we really created this synergy um, and uh, uh, are on this, on this path forward where we want to continue to do it. So one was motivation. Um, number two was also really, um, before I made this uh, decision to approach Petra again, um, about reconciliation, no, not again, but about reconciliation, um, mm-hmm. I was very clear about the responsibility I was going to take. Uh, mm-hmm. That this was not something, you know, I'm going to just try. I, I was very clear. If Petra was going to be open to this, then that is my 100% commitment. And uh, even though I made mistakes, and Petra alluded to a few where I did something stupid, something, um, you know, yeah. I think stupid is the best word for it. Um, mistakes, people make mistakes, and uh, I think we both know this. Petra knows this, I know this, and um, Petra was very tolerant, but she also kind of indicated uh, it was open. She had her frustrations uh, as mm-hmm. part of this process. But for me, again, uh, motivation, commitment, um, and then also knowing it was going to come to an end, this, this grief uh, process and so on. What is still... Um, very present, and I don't uh, want to um, kind of um, trying to 
um, not what's the right word, to kind of uh, uh, squish it down is um, the memory of what I had done to Petra and my family. So a year later today, I sometimes still uh, sit there and uh, feel very bad, very guilty about what I have done. And uh, I only wish I, um, you know, could turn time back and not have done it. But that's not an option. You have to accept what is. You have to move forward. So uh, what Petra said is also something that motivates me is um, uh, we have been through a lot of tough times. We have uh, this experience. We have learned a lot. We have been trying to continue to educate ourselves in this matter of relationships and so on. So what motivates me is wherever we can help others. Um, and this starts with our children. Um, and then goes, you know, further to friends and uh, and uh, Petra is is doing this more act much more actively than I do, um, but uh, I am very eager to help wherever I can. And I appreciate in that relationship crisis. Uh, and I truly appreciate that from both of you. The thing you just said about you know a year later and sometimes it still hits you makes you feel sad. Um, for people out there who are listening who are in the situation that that Richard was in and that many years ago I was in, if you're thinking, wait a minute, it's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Let's I, I hear what he said. Cause I understand what he said, Richard, several years, several years after Alice and I had remarried, um, the doctors thought I was having a heart attack. Turned out it was not a heart attack. It was something else, but they thought I was, a, you know, having at a, at a relatively young age, having a heart attack. And so they were rushing me to the heart cath lab to do a heart catheterization to decide exactly what they had to do. And, and Alice was holding my hand as they were preparing the lab to do the heart cath and et cetera. And I'm, I'm thinking I may die, you know, because the, the doctor scared me to death when he said, I think you're having a heart attack. We got to go right now. And I remember even though years had passed and I hadn't thought about it in a long, long time, I, I, I grabbed Alice's hand and looked at her and was telling her all over again, how sorry I was for what I'd done all those years ago. It doesn't mean we continue to feel all that deep, guilt it does mean that when we realize how much damage we've done to people that we love that sometimes that'll just resurface for a while it doesn't mean your life's going to be miserable you can still have a good and wonderful life but i know exactly what you're talking about there my friend i truly do we got a lot of people out there listening to us on the phone and i've been asking all the questions um if you want to ask a question to either peter or richard or both remember that that if you want to ask a question, you have to let me know. And the way you let me know is that you press the number one. Now, nobody out there has done that. And my guess is because of the fact that people <laughs> were just listening. I mean, they were so intent on listening to your story. Usually we have like a whole ton of people waiting in line, but people have been so fascinated by your story that people haven't done that. Ah, here we go. Everyone comes up right now. So here's, Here's, I'm serious. I think people are just fascinated by your story and they were listening. But here's a question, and it's coming from area code 360. Uh, Hello, 360. What would you like to ask Richard? Hi, my name is Annie. And you, you've mentioned, I know you had a book on um, guilt and how to deal with guilt. Um, my husband had an affair, and he, we're working things out. I can see different changes in him. I'm still trying. Um, I'm wondering, do you have any material that could help him get over um, get over his, his affair, or is that your book on guilt? 
Yeah. Uh, there, so, there are some ways. Go ahead, Richard. You talk about it first. Yeah, Richard, you go first, and then I've got something to say about that. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah. So actually, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, so uh, so this is Joe is much more qualified to, to to answer the question, but I can tell you from my perspective. Um, and the 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 from my perspective, um, there isn't really anything uh, that you could do or anyone could do against your husband's plans, desires, will, if you want, um, to make him uh, to make him do something that he doesn't want to do. But be careful to, to also not mis- misinterpret this. Um, what you can you can do actually a lot, and I mean you have a lot of power to uh, continue to to live by the true values that you believe in, that you stand strong. Um, what you well, what your core values are. I can elaborate or talk and elaborate on this more if it, if it doesn't make sense. Um, but unfortunately, there is really, in my opinion, um, nothing, you know, there is no magic recipe, except uh, that once, you know, as you continue live by your, your values and be the person, the best person that you can be, that it actually makes you a much more attractive person in the long run. So I hope this kind of makes sense what I said. Okay, and, and let me make sure I understood the question. You're saying that he feels guilt, and you're wanting if there's some way to help him get past his guilt. Is that the, did I misunderstand the question, or was that it? That's it. Okay. Oh. Uh, okay. And I thought Richard I that, a, a, a different question. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right. Okay. I, what what you, what you said was very good, but I thought you didn't really hear a question. Now, I'm having a little trouble hearing you out there. I, I, I see that your area code Seattle. Uh, is that where you are, Seattle, by any chance? Yes. That area? Okay. So for whatever reason, we have a little bit of bad connection. Let me ask a question or two, if I may, about your husband. Number one is, is he a religious man? He was. Okay, he was. Okay, number two, is he a reader? Sometimes. Sometimes. All right. And, and, I haven't and read a whole lot. Okay. Well, here's what I can offer to you. And as a matter of fact, I'll make it a gift to you just because I'm feeling good because I'm talking to my friends, Richard and Petra. If, if you will email me at askjoe, that's A-S-K-J-O-E, askjoe, at marriagehelper, that's marriagehelp, E-R, marriagehelper.com. Just say, I'm the lady from Seattle that Joe promised the book to. I'll send you a copy of my book, Getting Past Guilt. Now, he may be willing to read it. He may not. But even if he chooses not to read it, I think since he, since he was a religious man, if you read through that book, you're going to find a lot of things you can subtly do just based on your understanding of what causes guilt and how to help people get past guilt. And, and you may even have a chance to say, hey, I was reading this book about guilt. I got it the other day. It said this really interesting thing. Would you be interested in reading it? And that the whole purpose of that book is to help people get past guilt. Now, whether it will work for you or not, I can't promise you. But if you, if you email me at askjoe at marriagechapel.com, I'm the lead from Seattle. Joe said he'd send me the book. We'll send you a complimentary copy of that book for you to read. And then you use as you think best with him to try to help him deal with that. Now, before we finish with your question, Peter, let me ask you a question here. What do you think that you did or are doing that helped Richard deal with guilt? Um, 
I think it was really important that I am really staying away from holding what he did over him and and not saying, you know, you did this, you did that, but, um, you know, we both accepted the situation as it was and try to move forward in a in a positive way. And I think it would really not be helpful if I would remind him um I mean, once in a while I do, I have to admit, um, but I really try to stay away from doing that too much of, of reminding him. And another thing that I like to do and that I'm hoping is helpful is that I tell Richard, yes, um, you did this, but I am so thankful for all the lessons that I got to learn through this, through this situation. Um, all the, the growing I did, that was something that I would never, ever want to have given up. And I, I felt that way even before we reconciled. I told that to all the people I, I talked to, that I was so grateful for all the lessons I had learned. And um, I'm hoping that this is also somewhat helpful to Richard. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm I'm assuming, I think, if I recall, I think maybe we have talked before. So he's not with you right now. Is that correct? He's living someplace else. Oh, he is with me. He's never left. Oh, okay. Um, then I get your, he, he works a me. lot out of town, though, during the week. Okay. I, I think I've confused you with someone else. So pre- please forgive me for that. I shouldn't have been so audacious okay. as to take that guess. And if... I, I, I'm assuming, based on what Petra just said, I'm assuming that already you're not beating him up verbally or emotionally for what he did. Is that a correct assumption? No, I, that is correct. I, I keep thinking of, of when Jesus caught the woman in adultery and he said, whoever you know hasn't sinned can cast the first stone. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I'm looking at this. Good, good. I think it's good. And as Petra did, and and Alice, by the way, my wife Alice did the same thing as Petra, and when Alice and I were getting back together, she never once brought it back up to beat me up with it, not once. So I'm glad you're doing that. In addition to that, does he actually express his guilt to you? Does he talk about it, or do you just see it? I see it. He has yet to tell me he's sorry. Um, We went Uh, to a marriage encounter, and I... I could see the guilt on him. I mean, it, it was there. It was so plain to me. Um, okay. He has so a hard you, time expressing himself. Okay, and, and some guys do. Some guys do. So have you ever had the conversation where you sit down together, you know, when there's no obstacles, nothing else going on, and to look at him and, and say, can we just talk about this? Let me tell you what I feel about you. Let me tell you, you know, those kinds of things. Have can you are you at a place where you can have those kinds of conversations? Um, in the marriage encounter, um, um, they had you do something similar to that, um, but we we did that about a year ago, and I have not we have not talked openly like that since then. Okay. And I understand. If the opportunity presents itself, 
where that any of these conversations can come at all. And if and, and, and don't Richard was saying one thing earlier that actually does fit this directly. Don't push. You, you can't make people do anything, including make people get past killed. And so Richard was right. dead on about that. But when you if the opportunity presents itself, you might want to bring it up if if it's the right conversation and you and only you can decide if the timing is right, where you say something like, honey, I can see that something really bothers you. I think it's because you feel guilt. I may be wrong about that, but I want you to know that I love you and, and I want to help us and I want to help you. So if you would like to talk about this, I'm very willing to listen and I can tell you up front, I'm not going to listen with condemnation. I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize. I'm not going to attack. I just want to understand and I want to help. If you ever get a chance to have that kind of conversation, that's how you can lead potentially into him expressing enough where you can assure him, yeah, that hurt. And I'm not going to hide my hurt because if you hide your hurt, he'll think you're lying about everything. I'm not going to hide my hurt, but I'm going to tell you that I can forgive and, and we can get past this. Now, if you get a chance to do that, I think that would be a great thing. I still suggest you read the book first and I'm going to send that to you. If you, if you email us, of course, you'll need to email us your address, that kind of thing. And, sure. and I'll send that to you. But if you get that chance, Thank if you can you. have that conversation, but remember, it's not a conversation of saying, I think that you're a guilty man. Let's deal with it. It's going to be, I see that you're in pain of some kind. I can tell that something's wrong. I feel like maybe you feel guilty. In other words, don't do it in any way where he feels he's being attacked or pressured or pushed, that it's truly a loving and kind person that you are who is simply opening yourself up to say, whatever it is, we can deal with it. I'm not going to attack. I just want to hear. If you can ever get to that point, that's when you can truly start helping him heal because that's when hopefully he'll start revealing a little bit and he really needs to do that. You see, the problem people have with feeling forgiven is if you look at me and say, I forgive you. And I'm thinking, but you don't know everything I did. Then I'm still thinking, yeah, you only forgive me because you think I did blank when I really did blank, blank, blank. And so it becomes important for the other person to be able to truly deal with their guilt, to be able to be open and honest and to feel like you know enough that when you say, I forgive you, I accept you. We can go on from here that they, they know they've revealed enough of themselves to know that you know enough that you really do forgive them and not just forgiving because you think it's a little thing when it's a bigger thing. Is, am, I'm not communicating anything here at all. I'm not sure if I'm saying this well. What, tell me what you're no, saying. You're saying, you're, you're saying exactly, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, he's not fully confessed everything he's done, though I have mm-hmm. a good idea. But, again, I, ha- I have no proof of what he's done. Right. I have right. told him at the marriage encounter that, yes, I forgive you for having an affair. And right. at that time, you know, I thought it was only one. Now I think it may be, well, more than one. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know. And right. he's, a type, he's, he's a workaholic. He's worked really hard for his family. Um, I think, you know, you hear people go, men going through midlife crisis. I think this could very well be part of that because he feels like he hasn't done enough. We don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. There could be all kinds um, of factors going on, but you but you understand yeah. the principle. That's what's clear. You understand the principle. And, and, and if anything's going to work, it's going to be making it where he feels safe enough that, that he feels like he can self reveal to the point where, that you truly know enough that when you say, I forgive you, that you understand what's really going on. And if you can make it safe enough, 
that definitely can happen. So if you don't mind, email us that, and I will send you that book and, and look for those opportunities. But I think you've got the principle. You understand it. You can do this, okay? Well, I only understand it because I've been listening to your show for the last two and a half years. Wow. And I can't thank you enough. Well, um, that's are... the only thing that's been keeping me going. I, he did finally, um, I, I'm on. I, I'm working on your 10-week program right now, and he did finally Excellent. pay for that. That, that to me, him buying that said of, of volumes. Good. I am, I'm so, I am so happy. It, it, uh, we exist to help, and so when people say that we are helping, that just gives us everything we need to keep going. So thank you so much for those kind words. Well, no, truly, thank you. Like I said, I mean it when I said you guys are the only reason that we're still together. Well, I, I would have left a long time ago. I understand. Well, we're here for you when you need us, okay? Thank you so much, well, all, all, right. all three of you. Thank you. Yes, yes, thank you so much. You have a good evening. And, and yes, Petro, yes, Richard, you guys are awesome. I think probably, you know, every so often you guys need you to come back. And the reason is... You know, I, I tell my story all the time, so people hear my story. And I'm not saying that the, the story from Alice and Joe doesn't have validity, but our story took place, you know, back in the 80s. Yours, yours took place just a couple of years ago. And you guys are so transparent and so open. And I really do appreciate you coming on and being so open about this because it really, really, really does help other people. And whenever you're on, we get contacts from people saying, thank you for Richard and Petra and how open and honest they are. So, Thank you very much for being on with me again tonight. We, we're past the hour, so I'm about to be shut off here. Any last thing you'd like to say very quickly before we go, my friends? Um, I have just one thing that I would like to say. I know that most of the people listening in are in so much pain and just how hard it is to do what you're doing. But please give yourself permission to enjoy your life as much as you can. And I don't mean go out to party and do stupid things, but to really enjoy your life to the fullest, even amidst the pain and the hard time that you're going through. It's not easy, but it can be done. And it will make it so much easier for you to keep on going, and it also makes you so much more attractive to yourself. Very good. Richard, what would you like to say, my friend? You know what? I think this was so well done. I'm not going to add anything to this. (laughs) <laughs> okay well interestingly right here at the end of the hour when i've got to go off the phones are lighting up now everybody wants to talk to you <laughs> but unfortunately we, we've used up our hours so i'll tell you what sometime in the next month or two we've got to have you guys back on is that okay with you sure be more than happy to do that yes okay so for those those waiting for the questions when you just lit up i'm so sorry but with the end of our hour we will bring this fine couple back we will talk again So to everybody, thank you again, Richard, Petra, and everybody else. Have a great evening. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Have a good evening. Thank you.